Welcome, welcome to the Mind Your OT Business podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Ready to take action? Let's jump in. Welcome, everyone. If you are just tuning in today, you are in for a treat because this is a very unique episode. But before we get started, I should warn you that we do talk about adult topics in this episode. So if you are listening to this episode in the car or not on headphones at home where children may be around, you may want to pause this and listen to it at a later time when you can listen in private or among other adults. <laughs> I reached out to Anita Martin on Facebook because she shared that her business deals with sexuality. And I think this is an oft neglected occupation. And she is an OT assistant who started her own business helping people, women in particular, have a fulfilling sexual life. So I think that it is going to be a really interesting interview for you to listen to because she talks a lot. She just got started only two months ago. So she's a brand new baby business. And you'll have to listen in for her takeaway at the end because I think it will be very encouraging to those of you who are maybe thinking about starting a business but just haven't taken the leap yet. Even if you're not, if you have a business, you're going to learn a lot in this interview because she shares all about the startup process and how to think in a specific niche. So here is Anita Martin of Sex Assist. Welcome, Anita Martin. I am so excited to have you here. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I wanted to hit record before I started telling you exactly why I invited you to come on Mind Your OT Business. The reason was, so I think I found you, I got introduced to your business through the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook forum, right? Which yeah. is like almost 7,000 people now, I think. Wow. And when you posted what your business was, I was like, right now I am PMing you. <laughs> Please come <laughs> on the podcast and talk to people. Because your business is located in Suffolk, Virginia, right? But you are, are virtual, really. You could serve anyone. Yes. Um, and it's called Sex Assist. And the purpose of your business is your brand new business, your two-month-old mm -hmm. baby business, which is so <laughs> exciting. The purpose of your business is that you use your expertise as an OT assistant and a clinical sexuality coach to educate and improve the sexual fulfillment of others. And I think this is something that as OTs, we often say like, it's an occupation, your sexual self, it's part of your identity. And it's also an occupation that people participate in. But it's so like the taboo, you know, <laughs> topic. Exactly. That, um, so I, I want to let you kind of share with us how you got started. Where did the idea from this for this business come from and how did you get started doing it? So give us a little history here and tell us your little branding nickname, which I love that you told me a little bit earlier. I am sexologist Nita B. <laughs> <laughs> sexologist Nita B. I love it. I've been working as a CODA for about mm -hmm. 15 years and I work at a skilled nursing facility. My boss is really good at giving us CEU classes that we can take on different weekends, random weekends and things like that. Yeah. So one of the classes was a sexuality course. 
And when we got there, you know, it's the weekend. People are like, I'm just here to get these six credits. Right. I don't care. <laughs> but when they started talking, everybody was repulsed. But I was leaning in further. Like, oh, that's interesting. More. I want to know more about yeah. it. So um, it was an incident at one of our buildings where uh, at a senior, senior living facility where uh, the couple was in the closet hiding, having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and the therapist came in for the scheduled visit and was right. like, hey, where you at? And I guess she heard something in the closet and opened right. the door. So, you know, sex is a part of life and yeah. it's normal and it's, it's important for people to continue to connect, even if they're elderly. Yes. The thing for me is doing home health. I also noticed that a lot of my clients are getting younger. So I had one lady in particular, I believe her and her husband were probably in their 50s, and she had uh, a brain mass, but she presented as a a stroke. Okay. So her husband would pick her up, tote her from the couch to the bedroom and all around. And I'm like, this is really got to be hard on them. And, you know, him being young and not knowing how to handle her or if he's going to hurt her positioning is really important to some people like that so once I did a class and I started thinking about it I'm like this is really important and sex is a part of OT so yeah (laughs) I want to learn more about it and then so I started doing my research uh so it's it's some things on online as far as um on the NBCOT app Mm -hmm. there's things up there and um, I did some more digging. Uh, some of the classes are like $6,000 in California and in Michigan. And I found one that was like well under that and it was online. So I'm like, okay. this is perfect. This is like a sign that I need to take this class. Right, right. And I took it and I enjoyed it. And, and it, not only the sex part, but when she does the anatomy part, Things started to make sense that I learned 15 yeah. years ago because yep. I could connect it to something that I had an interest in or that right. I could see, you know, the anatomy and physiology of sex. Yeah. What I thought. So. Is this course that you're talking about, is that the, pl- you you shared with me that you use a certain model. It's called like Plicit or something. Is yes, that what you're I, talking about? Can you explain to people what that is? Yeah. So uh, Dr. Rachel Ross. Some people may know her. She used to be on The Doctors, the TV okay. show. And she has, she's a, a, she's still a family practice doctor. Okay. But she does this online class for others so we can help all types of people with their sexual issues. Right. So um, she, but she does really focus on the plicit method. Mm-hmm. And that was the exact same thing that I had found when I did my research. Okay. The plicit method. So I'm like, okay, so this is right on track with occupational therapy for me. Right. So um, plicit is um, giving the patient permission to feel okay. the way they feel. Um, you'll be giving them limited information, specific su- suggestions. And if you can't help them, then you can refer them out for intensive treatment. Okay. So Uh, it's kind of a framework to help guide work with clients specifically around sexuality. Correct. Okay. 
Okay. And that's a training that you went to, to kind of get ready to launch this as your, as your side business right now, right? Cause you're still working full-time. Are you still working in the SNF, right? Yep. I'm still working full-time. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting for me because I'm in a transition of trying to move to Baltimore. Um, I'm, Oh, wow. I'm in a long distance relationship with my fiance. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to get there, but now yep. with COVID, I have to stay put. I'm so not- time to work on your business, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and especially I love with this business, I love that you haven't created it necessarily. I mean, it sounds like from some of the information you shared with me, it, you haven't created it specifically like just for local clientele. And I think that's right. something we should all be thinking about in today's world. Like, technology, you're so limited if you start just a local business, right? But thinking about ways you can kind of truly think like an entrepreneur and say, how can I make this bigger, make my client base bigger? Because if you're not just serving people in person and you can do it virtually, then you start it, but you can move to Baltimore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so how do you see, like, um, tell me, I guess that gets a little bit into like, who is your ideal client for your services right now? So mainly women, 25 and up, specializing, people who are either single or people that are in a couple, that are in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to get more into um, people with pelvic floor issues. Uh huh. Um, that's something that I probably need. I will need some more training on. Yep. And um, I also it includes a sexercise class to increase stamina and flexibility. Oh, cool! Um, Do you teach a, that a class? Lot of people like that? Yes, I have okay. done that. I did a couple before everything shut down. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to do it virtual. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, We should be in face to face. (laughs) Yeah. It is nice to be face to face. I totally agree. Like, um, and we should tell anyone listening, we're recording this. It's the 28th of May. This may not go out until later in the summer, but it's the 28th of May. So we are like just now we've been on, you know, most places have been on shutdown for a couple of months and we are kind of just starting to try to figure out how we're reopening society again here in the U S. So, um, so, okay. How did you, I guess, I guess you kind of talked to us about how you saw this as a need, I guess, maybe tell me a little more about like that. Did you, did you have a specific moment where you were like, this is something that people really need? Well, for whatever reason, I'm the person that always get pulled to the side. Like if it's at a family function or at work in the room talking to the CNAs while we're right. doing an ADL, right. you know, I'm always the one need I can only talk to you about this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, for, for whatever reason, whatever reason people feel comfortable talking to me. Yeah. So, and I'm open. I'm an open book. I, I don't judge. So yeah. Any, come to me I I truly want to help solve their problem yeah so you saw that part of your personality as possibly meeting a need that other people may have especially with a sensitive topic where it's kind of private for people I mean most people are fairly private about their sexual life they don't want to make it like public it's not something that's really talked about publicly you know it's so so how do you get around that like in your marketing how are you getting people to buy into this to like admit that they have 
a need for yeah. you to help them with their sexual health? Like, well, um, I started a Facebook page, uh -huh. and right now it's like once a week. I just put out information. That's like, great. That people really hadn't thought about. You know what? I thought I was the only person that thought that. Yeah, that's great. That's with the implicit model giving you permission to have those feelings. Hmm. You're not the only person that feels like that, and there is a solution. Yeah, just talk to the right person. So the the things, the posts that I've been putting out are anything from social distancing, um, distancing with relationships and uh, and dating and fetishes. That's yeah. really important because a lot of people feel like that's so taboo. But yeah. they only realize that a lot of people like weird or what they call weird or different things. Yeah. And not a problem. Yeah. I try to uh, uh, stick with topics that are very popular or mm -hmm. that people have come to talk to me about in the past. So. Yeah. So how did you get your first client? Like, that's an interesting and don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to reveal too much information because I'm concerned about HIPAA and stuff, but yeah, but like, how'd you find the first person or maybe your first few people that came to you that actually like paid for your services? Um, I've mostly word of mouth, because like okay. I say, I've, I've been at the same facility for a few years. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a lot of the girls there and just passing it on that, hey, I know someone that you can talk to. Yeah. And then um, when I do my exercise class, a lot of the girls from work come, a lot of my friends. I even turned my birthday party into a sex class. That so, is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing like, on your own birthday. I love it. <laughs> so I did like a ladies night and it was oh. wine and hors d'oeuvres. This what's, is, what's, if I got paid in gifts, you know, this <laughs> is, but this is why, okay. So this is what my guess was when I saw you post on the, on the forum online and why I said, Hey, I'm PMing you right now um, <laughs> about coming on the podcast is because my guess was that you're kind of an outside of the box thinker with this niche and, and creating a business around this specific of a topic. And I just love that story because you, you feel so passionately about it yourself. You found a business that like you're so interested in and obviously it doesn't feel like work for you to be sharing information with people. And then you creatively marketed it by like making your birthday party a celebration and a, <laughs> I mean, not marketing in an icky way. I don't mean it that right. way. I mean like a fun experience for, that people will remember. That's, yeah. so we get pummeled with marketing so much nowadays. It's so hard to find ways to connect with your audience that people will remember but all of those people will remember a sexercise class birthday party <laughs> that is amazing yeah I think I think it's the easiest and hardest thing to market at the same time because sometimes sure. I have to be careful with my wording absolutely but, um but then everybody's like oh that sounds fun I want to mm -hmm. I want to be there so yeah yeah you have to you have to fill out people and word things different ways. Just like um, like I I still I still talk to my teacher every now and then, and she was like, maybe you should have two separate brochures, one oh, professional and one with you looking sexy in your brochure because that's what people oh, that's like. Funny. Oh, that's interesting. So, that yeah, is interesting. I I really have to um, appeal to everyone. Yeah, and get the same message across. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I'm wondering too, like my, my entrepreneur brain is going places with this whole like niche because I wonder too, if in the future you, you could really build this out by having things like a webinar that people pay for or, or an online course that people pay for that, that really, I mean, I can just think about how many women 25 and up or even middle-aged are probably not sexually fulfilled, you know? And, and I, I think that targeting that market in a way that allows some anonymity, they're not in a group saying like, I need help with this, but they can buy your class and, and have a, a real felt need, like a real part of who they are as a human that is part of a, a full and meaningful life. But with a, with kind of being anonymous, so, so you don't have to feel embarrassment that sometimes people feel around it. Do you feel that people feel embarrassment around it sometimes, like talking to you about it? Do you get clients that maybe your clients are like, yippee, I'll talk because I need, you know, I want your advice, but. Well, um, I guess sometimes. Yeah. I did. I actually did a couple's retreat on Valentine's Day because Valentine's fell on the weekend. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, I didn't get a lot of people that signed up. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, once you get the women, then yeah. they can convince their husbands to come. Yeah. So that's the hard part. But anytime it's anything directed just to women, I have a, a better outcome. But, yeah. um, well, yeah, that's good. I, like knowing your market, I think is good because no business can serve everyone. I mean, exactly. you really can't. And so like really knowing that your, your outcomes are better when you target, you, you know, you even said your ideal customer is a female over the age of 25. Like that's, that's, uh, I, you could get way more specific on that even, but yeah. that does narrow down the human population fairly significantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like targeting those people, if that's going to be your best outcome is probably your, you know, rather than try to appeal to everyone, which none yeah. of us can do. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, one question I know that I had wanted to touch on with you, because I think I see this a lot online, people ask about it is how do you balance your, um, like, I know if you're, if you're practicing and this is different from state to state, and I am not an expert in this. I am not a lawyer. I am precluding all, everything I am saying right now, listeners, with that I don't know what the situation is in your state. But I do know that as an OT assistant, you there's supervision requirements, right? If you're practicing right. as an OT assistant in any state that you're in, I think. So, so how do you how do you get around that, or like how do you run your business while using your you're not working as an OTA for this business, right? Right. You're more a sex therapist, really. Yes. I label myself as an independent coaching clinician. Okay, cool. Okay. So, um, and I don't take insurance. I think it would be more of an issue if insurance was involved because then it would have to be the supervision notes and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I use the... OT to my advantage, but I, I keep it more on the, um, sexology side and the coaching side. I have Absolutely. to be very careful when I word it and say coaching yes. and therapy. Yes. And, um, but I have been vetting some OTs cause it's not for everybody, but I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing just to put fillers out there. If I ever need someone to, um, I don't know, write an eval or 
have have their license as my supervisor and I pay them for that. Yeah. You know, I'm just vetting people now just to see if there's anybody out there that's willing. It's a couple of people that's willing to do that for me. Um, it was it was something else about that. I thought about taking insurance. There are actually ICD-9 codes for sexuality okay. and, and sexual aversions. So it is possible, but it's just not the road that I'm going down right now. Yeah. And I think, I think it does add, it sounds like you've been really thoughtful about how you set it up. And it's, it's similar to what I've heard from other people that are doing similar things, even, even if they are OTs, but maybe they're working more in a coaching role Mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, they're not promoting it as an OT service. They're, they're doing coaching with their clients or whatever, but it's, it's something that we all have to be thinking about as we set up businesses, like making sure we're aligned with what the practice standards say and that we're being ethical. And it sounds like you've totally thought of all the repercussions of everything. And I love what you, I wanted to circle back to what you said about connecting with other like therapists who maybe they do. I was thinking of people who do like women's health or pelvic floor dysfunction. Like they, they might not, those people might not necessarily be experts in helping people with their sexual life. Yeah. And and those could be really good referral sources for you, right? Like if they know that that's what you do and they can refer out when needed, that is that is golden. Like to have those relationships where you can refer to them and they can refer to you. I think that's like an ideal yes. situation to have. Yeah, that's um that's where I've been doing a lot of my heavy research in the Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. Uh just so I can start putting some fillers out and the thing that that bothers me is, as OT, we get forget we get uh, pushed to the side so much. Yes. So, like with physiotherapy, the next thing is physical therapy. I'm like, well, this is stuff that I can be doing. So why isn't OT up there? It's just mm-hmm. like when um when I looked at jobs at phys- physiotherapy offices, they were only looking for PTs. They never asked for OT. Yeah. But if I'm going to take the training, I can do it. So that's why that's another reason why I have to do it on my own independently, because we're shunned (laughs) or overlooked, I should say, you know, because PT, they just see the broad picture of PT and not OT. I think it's, it's really hard. I talk about this a lot. It's like, you are preaching my language right now. (laughs) I'm like, yes, yes, we are overlooked and it annoys me. Um, and I think it, I think like as OTs, we really need to step in. I mean, one of the reasons I'm so excited you're starting a business because it's like the more OTs we get in entrepreneurship, I think the more voice we have in all different aspects of life in our society to celebrate OT and to market OT and to let people know what we have to offer the world. Um, oh man, I was going to say something else and I lost my train of thought. I just think, yes, I agree. We're, we're overlooked a lot. And I think, um, it it's oh i know what it was it was that i think sometimes the name occupational is it's like a marketing problem the name of our profession is a marketing problem like physical yeah. therapy speech therapy like it's so easy to understand what they do like physical therapists yeah. help you get better speech therapists help you talk whatever <laughs> you know like it's very basic like mm-hmm. our profession's so all encompassing so holistic that that word occupation does not mean the same thing to the rest of society, the way physical and speech mean 
kind of the same thing to anyone who hears them. So it's like, I've joked around all the time. I'm like, I think we're the original life coaches. That's what we should have been, you know, (laughs) that's what we should have been called. But, but also knowing that occupation is like the foundation of our profession. Like, of course we need to keep the name, but it's, it's a marketing problem because of, because of the name. So it's just a really hard conundrum we have, I think in our field, but anyway, back to, back to business. So what do you, what do you normally how do you set up your services with people? Like, is it a fee fee per visit? Do they do packages with you? Do you do like, how, how is it all set up for you? Like what has worked in the early stages now of your business? Mine is a uh, per visit. I do know people that do packages, mm-hmm. but right now, like, like you say, I'm just still filling it out. So, yeah. Uh, per visit works for me right now. Yeah. So yeah. they just kind of schedule with you directly and you go as you will. Do they normally see you weekly for a long time or by the month or like, how do you, how does it usually roll out or does it depend maybe? Um, uh, once a week is the mainly what happens. Mm-hmm. And then um, it can, it can go down to every other week. Okay. So that's mainly how it goes. And do you have specific goals? Like, do you, I know coaching is a lot of like people, bringing people to their own realization, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's a little different than consultancy where you're, you're kind of saying what, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know, you're not, you're not giving them exactly what they should do. Coaching is more like a person's personal transformation, their own personal realization, right? Yeah. So like, does it look a little bit like a, like a conversation or is it more structured where there are like goals that you're working on and you're checking in on those from week to week? It's, it's more of a conversation mm-hmm. and answering uh, specific questions, but it's a lot of homework. Okay. Just like I tell the people in a nursing home, I can only do 50%. It's up right. to you to do the other 50%. Right. So yeah, I can um, give them the information and tell them specific things that they can do or try. Right. Then we follow up next week to see how it was. Okay. And the OT in me, you know, is measurable goals. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, I don't, I don't want to get too graphic, but if, if someone is not really into oral. Okay. You're not going to just go out there and say, okay, you're going to do oral tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You know, you have to build up to it. Yep. It's a lot. It's like um, if someone's never cooked before or they can barely boil water. Right. You're not going to tell them to prepare a four course meal. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to start step by step. You know, it's it's yep. okay. it's a uh, forward chaining and backwards yeah. chaining. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's it's interesting how you're talking about a lot of these OT concepts and how they yeah. have helped you be a better. Absolutely. Sexologist, if that's what you call it, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> For people. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because something when you said that I was thinking about that situation happening, you know, where someone might be really uncomfortable with something and be talking mm-hmm. to you about how to kind of move through that with their partner or whatever. And I I'm wondering, like, do you ever find that that some of that stuff is really deep, right? Like yeah. abuse is real in in sexual realms. And I think that. I think that I'm wondering about the the tenderness with which you have to walk in mm-hmm. in some of those conversations. And do you ever find that you have to refer out? I mean, do you have people that you refer to for for counseling or support to kind of heal from 
past trauma? Fortunately, I haven't had to do that, but I um I am a part of a support group with a, a women therapists. Okay. And they all know what I do. So right. I do have them um in my toolkit as far as people I can refer out to yeah. who need it. I yeah. it's not like I have to uh, struggle and search for somebody. I already have people lined up if it were to ever come to that. But yeah. fortunately, I'm good. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. I mean, you're young too in your business. So that's yeah. one of the reasons I I loved it because someone, um, I, I, I think I, oh, I actually posted after I interacted with you. I actually posted again in the group and said, I'd like to interview like more new business owners. Cause I think it's I want to call these like brand new business highlights, you know, like, Uh because it's, it's, I think it's really fun to, to hear the beginning of a, of a business, just as much fun as it is to talk to people who've been doing it for a really long time. Um, and someone commented on that post, I think it was Bronwyn Panter. Um, she said, it's so important that we learn from, there's so much to be learned by the beginning of the process too, you know, hearing from people who are early in the process. So, um, I just, I just think it's great. Um, okay. I'm going to dive into the last three questions that I ask every single guest that come, comes on the show. So since you've only been in business a short time, you may not even have really made any fail learns yet, failures. I call them fail learns because I believe we can learn from any failure. But if you can think of anything, what would you say is your biggest fail learn thus far as an entrepreneur? And how could other people maybe avoid that so they can make their own mistakes? (laughs) Exactly. And that's that's exactly what it is. Um, I took that class, the sexuality class, the CEU class through Uh my job. That was that was maybe like 2018. So okay. it was me pondering and thinking and researching. And instead of me just going ahead and starting, like I wish I had mm. started sooner. So for me, that's what it is. If, yeah. if you have an idea, then it's probably a pretty good idea. Just go ahead and start. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. So yep. yeah, if I had started sooner now, it's like, me trying to start and 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 get a clientele build up where I could have been building up people all along and yeah. making mistakes as I go. Yeah. But I, I overthink everything. So as we often do, I think OTs are real perfectionists. Like we want to do well. We want our services to be high quality. But a lot of times it paralyzes us, right? From like putting something that's probably good enough out there in the world. And so I love that that's your advice to people to just kind of take a small step and get started. That's a big thing of mine, like the small steps, you know, they build up over time. So, yep. (laughs) okay. So what's going so well right now or end on the positive things, what's going so well right now in your business and how can other people experience the same success? Um, I'm getting the positive feedback from a Mm -hmm. lot of people, um, learning how to do, uh, paid ads on Facebook. So I I get to reach out to more than just my friends and family. Right. And I'm still getting a positive feedback. Yeah. Um, so not just having the the safe group, but the strangers that are accepting yeah. it as well. So I like that part of it. What was the other part you said? Oh, I was just, what's going well in your business and how can other people experience the same success? 
Oh, I think learning Facebook ads is a huge, yes, huge obstacle. I mean, I, it is so I've run a, I've run a handful of them over my years, but man, every time I go in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so <laughs> complex. <laughs> it's not made for small businesses. It's made for like giant corporations, you know, that want to run. Like it just feels very daunting. So I'm impressed that you've, that you've had some success with it. Cause I have too, I've, I've had a few clients like that I know were, were specifically from Facebook ads, but man, it's a complex platform. Did you feel the same? I don't know. Maybe I'm like yeah, the platform well, um, itself is hard to. I I think I, what I can recommend to people is YouTube is your friend. If it's yeah. something you want to learn how to do, just go on YouTube. And right. <laughs> right. So I watch a lot of free videos and webinars and just take a lot of notes and to yes. get the gist of how to do something. I'm the type of person, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to figure it out. Yep. And I don't care how many times I try, I'm going to keep doing it until I figure it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just do your own research and, and keep good notes and watch a lot of YouTube videos. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's good. You direct people to resources because it sounds like simple advice, but man, we forget that yep. almost anything we need to learn is now at our fingertips with yep. a few clicks of a keyboard. It's amazing, isn't it? To live in this yep. era. I just, I constantly am amazed at it. So, okay. So tell people where you are at online if they want to connect with me. I mean, I know you're in the, the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, but where, what's your page on Facebook? Do you have a website? I don't know. Where can people find you? Yep. Um, I'm on Facebook. It's uh, two words, sex assist. Okay. Sex, A-S-S-I-S-T. I have my uh, domain name, but I haven't done the website yet. I haven't watched enough YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, this is a good, this is a very good example, though. I love that you're saying this because I think that holds people back too. Like, I don't have a website. Yeah. I can't start my business. It's like, no, if you have clients, just start slowly and then put your website up whenever. Like, you know, almost better to have the money coming in and then to be trying to work on the website. Like you're actually generating income if you have clients, right? So using Facebook as a placeholder and your page on Facebook and direct people there, like for now, I mean, that's great that you just got started. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, just reserve your, whatever name you decide on, just reserve it. I got my, um, I got sex assist on Instagram. I don't really use it, but I have a name there when I'm ready to start. That's yeah. another great tip. Great yeah. tip. Because even if you're not ready to like delve into Instagram or to start your website, it's good to just kind of use the name that you want as a placeholder. And also yep. like checking it before you even start your business is good too. Because yep. can you imagine you started your business and then you're like, oh, there's already a Facebook page <laughs> for, for a business named the same thing. Oops. Like, so doing your research about naming and like claiming those, those um, places online. I think that's yeah. great advice. Um, because my website name, my domain name, I have, I had to use the sexist because, oh, sexist, okay. and I, yep. nobody is really using it. They just got it and they holding it ransom. <laughs> I don't want right. to pay for it. So I just, Oh yeah. And I'm sure it'd be a lot because I'm sure some person took every name with the word sex in it because they knew that it would be, you know, 
money yeah. someday, <laughs> probably, unfortunately. But uh, people people poaching the websites, but they're probably holding it for like $30,000 if you want to pay for it or something, right? Yeah. People so. can just write the before it. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, I am I am just so thankful to you. I know you are a busy woman working full time and running your business on the side now. And I'm I'm so thankful for you to come on and just share like what a what a unique niche this is. And um I always say this to people. I keep wanting to bring like in a year or two bring guests back on so that we can hear where where you're at in your business. So maybe that'll be a future PM from me and Facebook, but that sounds good. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Anita. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Bye. Okay, bye. So guys, I want to tell you, it is Anita Martin's birthday today, August 13th. If you are listening to this on August 13th, when I'm publishing it for her birthday, go and send her some love on Facebook, on her Facebook page, like her page, and go tell her happy birthday. We have scheduled this for release on her birthday to celebrate her and how awesome she is and to wish her all the luck in the upcoming year of her life and in her business. I so enjoyed talking with Anita and I just loved how her learning or her or her fail learn that she shared with everyone was that she wished she would have started sooner. And I think that should be really encouraging to so many of us, even if we have current businesses that we don't need to let our fear of failure get in the way of just taking small steps to start something. So that is just such great learning from today that I really appreciated. And it was just encouraging to me. And I hope it is to all of you as well. So I want to ask you for a little favor because I don't often ask for people to review the podcast. And I'm realizing that that is a way that we can get the word out to more OT entrepreneurs and even other healthcare practitioners that may be interested in what occupational therapy entrepreneurs are doing in the world. A big reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted to elevate and celebrate OT entrepreneurship to a level that other professionals would also want to follow as well. So the more that this podcast gets reviewed and shared with your friends, the more we can share the awesomeness of OT entrepreneurs with the wider group of healthcare professionals in our world. So if you could leave a quick review or rate the podcast, even just hitting the rating, but even better, if you can write a few lines about what you've learned on this podcast, why it has been helpful to you in your entrepreneurial journey, I would be so, so grateful and so excited to see the message of the awesomeness of OT being shared even wider into the world. Thanks, guys. And remember, I think this episode today is a perfect example of how small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business. 